Here's what's cooking on the day's sports stove podcast, the local hour. We are previewing EKU's home opener against Indiana State. We're also previewing Chattanooga and Kentucky. And we're going to talk with the voice of the Colonels, Greg Stottlemyle. That and so much more. That's what's cooking on the day's sports stove podcast, local hour. Welcome into a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, the local hour. Week three of the football season brings us some excitement as a home opener for Eastern Kentucky against the incoming Indiana State Sycamores. And then also Kentucky coming off of a big win, uh, a big SEC win. Now they get one more cupcake before the SEC season kicks into full gear. Thank you for joining us today. The Sports Stove Local Hour is presented by IPM Pest and Termites, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. You can find all the information you need on myipm.com. If you're in Central Kentucky and you have pest problems, ants, spiders, centipedes, stink bugs, termites, moles, mice, whatever it may be, IPM Pest and Termite is the company that can help you out. They're locally owned and operated. They've got incredible reviews. You can look for yourself on Google, Facebook, Yelp, wherever it is that you're looking for companies, and read for yourself what IPM's customers think about them. And as we mentioned just a moment ago, stink bugs are in season. Now is the time to treat for stink bugs if you've had a problem with them in the past or even beginning to see them now. Again, you can find the contact information and more information online at myipm.com. Again, that's IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professional. And we sure thank them for being our sponsors here on the Sports Stove Local Hour. We've got an exciting episode for you, and I'm not going to make you wait very long today before we get to our guest, Greg Stottlemyer, the voice of the Colonels. He stays incredibly busy calling multiple sports for the Colonels. He's been at this for quite some time now, and the conversation that we had earlier this week was absolutely incredible. And so it is time for a guest presented by Law Terrain Watches and Accessories. You visit law-terrain.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE. You're going to get 10% off your purchase. Now it's time for a guest. We are joined now by the voice of the Colonels, Greg Stottlemyre. Greg, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, glad to do it. Uh, you've been the voice of the Colonel since 1979. You've seen a lot of things come and go along the way. Uh, what are your thoughts about the addition or the change, the move to the AQ7 and eventually the ASUN uh, for EKU? What's what's that doing for the program and what's it going to do for the program moving forward? I think it's re-energizing the fan base a little bit and it, it makes a statement about where the university and the program want to go as far as football and how important it is in the overall sports program, you know, I, obviously there's some risk in anything you do, but in my opinion, it's just my opinion, the OVC got a little stagnant and where they were. And, and so there was a time and a place to move. And with the shifting landscape of college football, as it is now, I think it's a good time to, to get on board or you may get left behind. 
you said the word energize, and we talked with uh, Ted Gumbert, the ASUN commissioner, uh, this past summer, and he talked a lot about the energy coming from Richmond. Uh, then I talking with Coach Wells and watching Coach Wells and the way that he interacts with the fans and with the students and everything as well. Energy seems to be a pretty common theme around this current program, not just the football program, but sports in general. Uh, Coach Wells, you know, he's been here now uh, for a couple of years. What's what's your feelings on him as far as how he's energized the football program? Well, it was one of those things where EKU was right on the cusp of getting back to where it should be and building on that tradition that Roy Kidd had developed, but we never quite got, got there. So I think he's he's taken us back to the traditional part of EKU football, and he'll acknowledge that now you have to win on the field, and his schedule's tough. It was tough in the independent season last year. It's going to be tough this year in the AQ7. Um, I ran the numbers today uh, of the top 10 teams in the nation. Five of them come from the Missouri Valley Football Conference and the AQ7, and it's a matchup of teams not ranked, but in those two conferences Saturday. So the learning curve can be accomplished, but the person giving you the test, the teacher's grading on a pretty tough uh, test curve too. I mean, these are tough teams that they're going to play, and you know, non-conference game as well, like Austin P. So it's it's not easy, but uh, if you what is what is it? Coach Wells says, "Iron sharpens iron." It's an old saying that he uses, and I think it's accurate in this case. Definitely. Um, what what would constitute a successful season this year, in your opinion, for EKU football? Uh, how do you define success? Uh, you want to see progress, that you feel like your team is getting better. I think I've seen that through the first two games, even though I think the true measuring stick are the next two, because they're teams that aren't tremendous teams, but they're really good teams. They may not be win a game or two in the playoff teams, but they're teams that you're 50-50 with that let's see what happens. So I'm waiting for the measuring stick. Success would be above 500, in my opinion, really, with the schedule you have, one of them being Louisville already in the bank now as a loss, and you've got to go to Texas twice against two good teams. So um, you've got to take care of your home turf and uh, see where things fall. But 500, uh, just above 500 would be good, in my opinion. I'm trying to be realistic about things. Right. Yeah. And that's hard to do sometimes from a from a fan perspective. And you're so close to the program as well. It can be hard to be realistic sometimes. But I think that's a great measuring stick, a great starting point to continue the build as they enter into the ASUN next year. Um, looking at that Louisville game this last weekend, what did you learn about this team? Uh, EKU, that is. That the depth that they talked about on defense is there, and I think the defense is better than it was last year. Uh, the offense was disappointing. I think the wide receivers need to block better on the edge. Uh, you've got to avoid the mistakes, but it's tough for a quarterback when he faces guys that are just a little faster out there on the edge to adjust to that. You don't see it in practice, and you don't see it most games. Uh, special teams was a major disappointment, something that hasn't been a disappointment so far in the Wells era, but uh, they really hurt themselves with uh, the short punt that turned into a punt return, the muff punt from a sure-handed returner, and they they just didn't – you have to play a near-perfect game to be in a game against a Power Five like U L, and, and they didn't do that, especially in the 
special teams phase, and, and they really weren't able to move the ball offensively enough. They moved the ball, but they didn't have consistency. I broke it down today because I was curious uh, of the of the drives. They had two drives where they didn't get a first down. They had seven drives where they got just one first down, and they had three drives where they got two first downs. They never had a drive in that game where they strung together three or more first downs. They got to the cards 33, to the cards 22, and to the 41-yard line, but just not enough consistency in the offense. And and so now as you go back to the FCS level, you got to find consistency in the offense. I think Parker McKinney can be an all-conference level quarterback. He's got the, he's got the smarts and he's improved reading his progressions, but it didn't shine through in the L game, and I think you got to give the opponent part of the credit for that. Yeah, watching that game on Saturday, to me, the defense stood out as such a positive. Uh, I mean, you look at the game and watch the way they handled Louisville early on especially, but you look at the field position issues and the different things like that, the defense I thought played great. And if I was a opponent coming into to Richmond, I would look very seriously and be a little concerned about the defense that I'm going up against because of what I saw against Louisville on Saturday. Um, I, th- I think you nailed it, and and if you take a look at it, you know they, they hold Louisville to bad field position, and, and the only time that U of L had that chance early on in the game, where where it was a stalemate, was the the muff punt that gave him a short field to twenty five. And if you take Cunningham's ability, his escapability out of the mix, and you have a quarterback that's not quite that good with his feet to make something out of nothing, then the defense looks even better. And uh, this game coming up Saturday, the two defenses are ahead of the offense on both sides of the football because Indiana State has been really solid defensively, and they were when the Colonels played them in 2019, and and, and they will be again Saturday. So I, I it may be a little more low scoring than some people think it will be on Saturday. That's where I was going to next, Indiana State coming in. Home opener for EKU this year, fans back in the stands. What do you expect from the crowd? What do you expect in the game uh, this Saturday? I think that uh, the team that avoids mistakes has the advantage because on paper they're pretty even. The situation that concerns me the most is Indiana State doesn't make mistakes. They're plus four in turnover margin. Uh, They are good at sacking the quarterback. They, they've had seven sacks. They have five against Eastern Illinois, two against Northwestern the other day. But they haven't been able to establish a run either. Both teams are averaging about three and a half yards a rush. So who can win the line of scrimmage? And that's, that's every football game. But it really, if somebody can have an upper hand in the trenches, I think, and then stay away from mistakes, I think those are the two keys. With the run game, you know, it's in game one, the numbers looked okay, but the efficiency wasn't great. How much of that is falls on to the offensive line versus falling on to the running backs themselves? I think it's an equal share there. Um, I haven't really taken a deep dive on that with, with uh, Coach Wells, but I thought Hewitt got yards in the first game uh, when he needed to. Not that he didn't have a 100-yard rushing game, but he got the big two or three yards when the game was on the line. For instance, the best example and his best run, and the blocking was great as well, was when EKU was like goal to go at the two and then had that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, pushed him back to the 17, and he punched it in around the left edge on the next play. So uh, 
they only ran him three times, and I usually meet with the coach later in the week, so I don't know if there was, you know, what the reason was there. But but the running game wasn't. No matter who they used, it didn't get going. I think late against the twos and threes, we saw the ability of uh, Sloan, the kid from Wayne County, for the future. Uh, but again, I, I kind of go more back. The, the offensive line hasn't given up many sacks. It's been more, I think, the one thing that jumped out at Jim Tyree, who who works the broadcast with me, made the point throughout the broadcast, and then Coach Wells confirmed it after the game on our post game, was that the wide receivers didn't hold their blocks well enough, and that'll be an emphasis in practice. And then I thought that's, of all the parts of, of the football game, I thought that's where L did the best, that and Cunningham escaping a couple times. So you got to see. And, and there are some young receivers out there, and they're new receivers. Eastern a lot of lost, lost a lot in the receiving core. But there's talent out there, and I think as the season goes along, you'll see that unit get a lot better. Last question for you. Um, you've seen a lot over the last 40-plus years. The transfer portal adds a whole new element to especially, I think, schools like EKU. Obviously, Coach Wells has brought in several transfers over this offseason. Um, how do you expect the transfer portal to um, help EKU moving forward? I think it's a wash. You lose players to the transfer portal, and then you gain players. Uh what I think it's done is piled on more work for the coaches. They got to, they can't just recruit high school and junior college kids now. They've got to, they've got to keep an eye on the portal. Now you could always transfer down from FBS to FCS without sitting out the year, so that advantage is gone. So I don't think it necessarily helps FCS schools. You just can't. You've got to, you've got to keep pace with everybody else. If you get beat by other schools at your level in the transfer portal game, you're in trouble. I have a, you know, I have a, my own philosophical opinion on it, and I wor- it worry about it more because it's more of a numbers game in basketball. I think it's, I think it turns mid-major basketball into the G League for the Power Five guys that have all the money, and, and they just go and pluck kids uh, with, you know, offers and say, oh, you can come here and do this and that, and then what they may really be is just a backup to a backup, or they may be the star. Uh, just look at what happens in college basketball. And I, I know we're talking football here, but if you look at what A.W. Hamilton's done on the, with the basketball program, he loses two all-conference guys, to, to uh, one to Georgetown and one to Auburn. But he goes out and gets four that are pretty good himself. So he was able to uh, checkmate the losses with wins. But it's... Uh, that, that idea of a guy at our level being a four-year star, if he's a star, keeping him is hard. And I think uh, the transfer portal, again, just gives yet another advantage to the, to the top-flight schools in college athletics. A one-star EKU has been able to keep is Greg Stottlemyer, the voice of the Colonels. You're, you stay pretty busy. Uh, multiple sports. Yeah. What is it, four or five different sports that you're calling? Yeah, now that the the advent of ESPN Plus, I've added uh, baseball, softball, and soccer. Did some volleyball a couple years ago, but there's too much conflict with the football schedule. So, yeah, I I had uh, four games in eight days last week. Uh, This week I have the football game Saturday and a soccer game Friday, and I'm getting 
older, so I don't prepare as quick, you know. I'm like, what's wrong here? You know, I feel like I'm sitting at the table all the time, but I love it. I don't, you know, it's a it's a, a low paying great hobby. At least I get paid for my hobby, right? So I I love talking Colonel football. I love the Colonels and uh you know, I'm looking forward to, to Saturday at home under the lights. Greg Stottlemyre, he's a local legend, and uh, you're well-revered among your peers as someone who's always well-prepared and does a great job. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today on the Sports Stove Local Hour. You're welcome anytime. Just call. Appreciate it. I really enjoyed the conversation with Greg Stottlemyre. He was a great interview and a lot of fun to talk to. Looking forward to having him on again later in the season and even as we get into basketball season and things as well. Uh, just You can tell he loves the Colonels. He loves what he does uh, here for the Colonels. And obviously, he really is one of the better uh, radio broadcasters out there. He's not going to get the national recognition. But locally, I'm telling you, you should appreciate what he brings uh, to the broadcast. And uh, thank you very much, Greg, for joining us for that interview. And, and again, looking forward to having you back on again down the road. This game is a big game for EKU. It is the home opener and uh, hoping for a good crowd out at the kid this weekend. The uh, coaching staff, the players, the program has really been pushing uh, for a good crowd this week. I'm looking forward to being there in person at the Roy Kidd Stadium as well, and uh, hopefully you'll be there to join us. The game is against Indiana State. Indiana State is 1-1. One and one. They uh, got a victory over Eastern Illinois. They won 26-21, but it wasn't a pretty win. They only had 87 yards passing, 155 yards rushing, two touchdowns. They had a defensive touchdown as well. Then last week, they lose to Northwestern, 24-6. to Kind of a similar outcome as what Louisville and EKU had. Uh, Northwestern, though, with the win. Uh, Indiana State had 132 yards passing and a touchdown. They only had 37 yards on the ground. And uh, so, again, the offense really struggled, and it, it does kind of mirror EKU to this point. The Indiana State's defense has been okay, not great. Uh, but their offense has yet to really find a good rhythm. You look at EKU, on the other hand, and we'll get to them in a moment, but their defense is just really, really good. The offense has yet to get going. Against Northwestern Indiana State, they gave up a lot of return yards, which means there is opportunity in special teams this weekend for EKU to do something special uh, here against Indiana State. When you look at this EKU Colonel team, the defense is stout. Kyle Bailey uh, has eight tackles uh, in this this game against Louisville. Shane Burns had the strip sack, a huge play there early in the game as well. They held Jalen Mitchell to only 90 yards. He did not score a touchdown. Cunningham, the quarterback, he had two touchdowns rushing, but he only had 29 yards rushing. So he did get a, a fair number of yards through the air, including that last play that ended up with a fumble and recovery that added about 100 yards to the to the total there as well. So overall, EKU's defense was really, really good against Louisville, and it should uh, show and prove that this defense is stout and they can stand with anybody. So when you're facing a team like Indiana State who struggled offensively, this defense should dominate. Now, they need to get the pass rush going. They've had uh, two or three sacks on the season. 
They uh, they they've got to get more, and these are the games where they're going to get them from. You can understand against a team like Louisville for maybe they're not to be the sacks and the turnovers and things like that. But now when you're getting back to this level, when you're against Indiana State, the defense needs to take over this game. Field position's important. Uh, the turnovers uh, are important as well. And as you heard Greg Stoudemire say, Indiana State doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. So this EKU defense has their work cut out for them, but this is a game they should be able, and I expect them to dominate on the defensive side of the ball. Now, on the other side of the ball, on offense, EKU has to get into rhythm. They really have not been able to do so yet. Parker McKinney has three interceptions. Otherwise, he's been okay. The run game has not been efficient yet for EKU. Of course, Louisville, it was non-existent. But they're going to have to find a way to create some running lanes. I think it starts up front with the offensive line. I think they carry the brunt of the, if we can use the word blame, for the run game not being efficient to this point. And they've got to create some space. Then from there, we've got to see Hewitt and others hit those gaps, hit them hard, and get the efficiency rating going up. Uh, in, In the first game of the season, Hewitt had the yards, he had the touchdowns, but he didn't have the efficiency. And now, again, against a team like Indiana State, you they uh, Eastern Illinois put up 21 points on them. Northwestern put up 24 on them. This is a, a team that EKU should be able to get going offensively, I believe at least, uh, here this week. EKU's home opener. Uh, excitement surrounds the, the, the program and the season. I think this is a big coming out party for EKU. I think the offense gets on board. I think they get in rhythm. I think they finally show up and put some points on the board. I think, though, this EKU defense is just absolutely phenomenal. And when it comes to similar-leveled teams, this EKU defense should dominate most of this season. I'm predicting a final score of 27-13 to with EKU getting the win in their home opener against Indiana State. Uh, will that happen? I've not had the predictions correct yet as far as the score totals, but... The winners have been mine thus far. So if EKU wins, even if it's by one point, we're going to walk away happy. But I think this is a game that EKU, because of their defense, should have some separation and should show themselves to be the better team here. Greg Stoudemire says they're they're kind of close in, in level. They're kind of a 50-50 game. I think EKU needs to step up. Uh, I think the offense has to find a way. And ultimately, I think they do this week against Indiana State. It's an exciting week here in Richmond. If you can be at the game, get there. If you could tailgate, tailgate, uh, cheer on the team. Let them know you're there. And uh, and if you get a chance to find me, uh, even though you don't know what I look like, the sports stove, um, I'd sure love to meet some of those uh, people who've been listening to the podcast and hope that you're enjoying the coverage that we've had uh, so far this season with EKU football. EKU, Indiana State, this Saturday, And it's a game that you do not want to miss. When we come back, we're going to cover Kentucky versus Chattanooga. With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer at IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. 
Built for the man on the go, the Compass by Law Terrain is primed to take on life's moments, from casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain. Style and function go hand-in-hand with this wristwatch that offers dependability under any circumstance. The sporty nature of a chronograph pairs well with a variety of leather and nylon straps and bands to complete any look. Reliable, versatile, great-looking, and easy to wear every day. All Law Terrain watches are backed with an international 24-month warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues. We stand behind our products because we know they are built to high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com and use code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off. Welcome back into the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professional. Visit myipm.com to get more information about how they can help you with your pest problems. Speaking of pests coming into uh, this week, Chattanooga is the pest of the week as they face Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky coming off a huge SEC win over Missouri. We talked about it last week. Those were the games that Kentucky had to start winning, and they were able to do it and continue to impress on offense uh, using their new offensive system under Liam Cohen and watching Will Levis finally be the quarterback that Kentucky's been wanting for quite some time. Uh, you look at this game, Chattanooga is 1-1. One and one. They had a 30-20 to 20 loss to Austin P. Then they blew out uh, Northern Alabama 20 to nothing this last week. Not a whole lot to talk about with Chattanooga. They've not had anything that's really stood out as far as offense or defense that's made a big difference in these games thus far. They've been just average. Uh, Kentucky coming in off the big win. Of course, they're 2-0. They beat Louisiana Monroe to start the season. They're really getting into an important stretch as they start SEC, the heart of SEC play, next week against South Carolina. You cannot overlook Chattanooga. Now, I say that. I think Kentucky wins even if they do overlook Chattanooga, but the importance of coming into this game focused, staying in rhythm, continuing to improve in in some areas, and that'll truly get you prepared for the run you're about to have, South Carolina, Florida, LSU, and Georgia. Because, honestly, Chattanooga and South Carolina both should be wins. I don't, Like I said, I don't think there's any way they lose to Chattanooga. South Carolina, they shouldn't lose to South Carolina, but again, the Kentucky of old could. So, So are they truly no longer the Kentucky of old. That's what we're waiting to see. The only improvement I have for Will Levis is accuracy. He's at 63% completion percentage. That's not bad. There are far worse people uh, out there. But again, if you want to step the game up a little bit more, you want to be closer to that 67%. But you say, that's only 4%. What's the big deal? I'm nitpicking here. Uh, The Kentucky offense has been very, very good. So far this season, Will Elvis has 546 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, and uh, his numbers have been great. He's been very good as well. Like I said, if there's any area that I could nitpick on, it's just accuracy getting slightly more accurate. I honestly would like to see him spread the ball out a little bit more, but hey, it's been working for him, so stick with it. Chris Rodriguez uh, and the offensive line and their run blocking have been absolutely phenomenal. Rodriguez has been the star everyone anticipated him to be this year, running all over people. And again, the competition will get harder, but he's doing what we expected him to do, which is good, because if he was underachieving, that would be a major problem at this point for Kentucky. But it has not been. He's been phenomenal. Then you got Wandale Robinson, maybe the best addition. And some people would say, oh, it's Will Levis. And sure, I guess if you didn't have him, it'd be different. But 
Wondell Robinson has been absolutely phenomenal. He's been a, the kind of athlete that can change games. And even though Rodriguez has been one of the main reasons for Kentucky's offensive success, Wondell Robinson adds an element that Kentucky's missed. Lynn Bowden had it, but he didn't have the quarterback to make it happen. And so having Wondell Robinson having the opportunities that he's having, he truly is changing the game for Kentucky and ultimately making this Kentucky team incredibly fun to watch. Now, again, this game, it should be a shoe-in, should be no issues whatsoever. I expect Kentucky to come out and stay focused. I think the final score is 42-15, to 15, Kentucky winning over Chattanooga. But uh, there is that, that chance that they come in kind of overlooking Chattanooga and the game is closer to 14 points or something like that. But overall, I think Kentucky's ready. They've got the talent. They've got the ability. They seem to have the offensive system. The defense has been good so far generally speaking, because, I mean, that Mizzou offense is is not not too shabby. And uh, the defense held them to 25 and had, had some really good plays in there as well. So, overall, this week for Kentucky should be easy-peasy, as my kids like to say. And uh, whether or not it will be, we're yet to be seen. But this is, the again, preparing for that big SEC run now that's ahead because after South Carolina, it's the gauntlet in the SEC before they get back to people that – in my opinion, are closer to the tier that Kentucky's in than Mississippi State's and the Tennessee's. But Kentucky looks to be better than Mississippi State and Tennessee at this point in the season. And a lot of what happens over the next two weeks will tell us exactly how ready they are uh, there. Then you get into, again, that stretch run of Florida, LSU, and Georgia. That's going to tell you a lot about this Kentucky team. And getting things right this week against Chattanooga goes a long way towards winning the game two, three, and four weeks down the road. playing the way that you want to play against those teams, against teams that you should absolutely dominate. So this should be a great weekend for the local area here. EKU, I think, comes out with a big win and their home opener. I think Kentucky dominates Chattanooga. And at the end of the day, all of us in the Sports Stove Local Hour listening area uh, go away happy with the wins coming in. Uh, I, I am excited about what Kentucky is. I have been very pessimistic when it comes to Kentucky because I just wasn't ready yet to say, yeah, everything's better. But what they've done, what Liam Cohen is doing on offense, what Will Levis brings at quarterback, what Wanda Robinson and Ali bring at, at wide receiver, the offensive line is living up to the hype. Rodriguez is living up to the hype. That means that this is a team that should Uh, be successful. I still think they lose the Florida, LSU, and Georgia, although LSU is winnable. Um, It'll just be interesting to see kind of how they get there. So we'll continue to look at that closer as we get to those games. We'll bring in some guests along the way, as we usually do. Uh, Unable to get a Kentucky guest this week, but we will get them back uh, in the weeks ahead, especially as we are uh, big-time SEC games coming in as well. I want to thank our sponsors, Law Terrain Watches and Accessories. Again, you go to law-terrain.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE. You'll get 10% off your purchase there. And then a big shout-out to IPM Pest and Termite, myipm.com. They are Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. If you live in Central Kentucky, that's Lexington, Richmond, uh, Winchester, Versailles, Georgetown, uh, Nicholasville, anywhere like that and around the area, make sure you visit myipm.com and uh, let them help you with any pest needs that you have a big thank you to Greg Stoudemire for his interview uh, with us to, uh, this this week. He was a great guest. Looking forward to players and coaches and other personalities 
in the weeks to come. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Stove Local Hour. If you would please share this podcast with all your friends, rate and review, subscribe, all those good things. It will help us continue to get the word out that we are here covering local sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. (laughs) 